we're going to make our connection next with the assistant general manager of the Philadelphia Phillies, somebody that uh, you've known for a good while. Ned Rice is going to join us, and it was nice of him to take uh, some time off of his busy schedule. You know, Ned, With uh, I hadn't had the opportunity to, to meet Ned until I got the opportunity with the club. And obviously in the role that I was in, um, high intensity. Um, but Ned was that conduit between Buck and the front office that really Ned was that professional baseball player that you didn't know whether he had a good day or a bad day. He was so even keeled. He was um, – intuitive you know you could he was open for discussion um and and there's no surprise to me that ned's been able to progress to where he's gone if and if it wasn't with philadelphia it would have been in in baltimore but i'm just excited for him to get the opportunity to introduce him well it's our pleasure to welcome ned rice the assistant general manager to the bat around with stan the fan and adam gladson who's pinch hitting not not involved on a daily basis Making that evident. Weekly basis. In case, a weekly basis in case the Phillies need a new instant replay coordinator because I've worked with Gabe before, just throwing it out there. All right. Just throwing it out there. We're joining us now is the assistant general manager of the Philadelphia Phillies, Ned Rice. Ned, first of all, thanks for taking some time out of your, what I know is a very busy schedule. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. It's been a while since I've got to catch up with you two. Not well, only because we continue to ask, and you have been so bu- busy building the uh, the Philadelphia Phillies organization. And and as we talked about Ned, the real reason why we wanted you to come on was to talk about the very positive vibes coming out of Philadelphia. And I'm going to list the think tank, nutrition, advanced analytics, and how excited for you because I know that those are areas that you've always expressed interest in, and how they could help a major league club also trickling down the philosophy, excuse me, philosophies at the minor league level, how excited are you to be able to instrument and be involved with all of these things that are helping to push the Philadelphia Phillies organization into the positive direction that they're going right now? Yeah, thanks for asking. It, it's, been, it's been really exciting uh, up in Philadelphia since we got there. We've, we've had unbelievable support from ownership. You know, when you, go to, when you go to ownership and you say, hey, we would like to spend, you know, X number of dollars on minor league nutrition, uh, you, need to have a, you need to have a group that really kind of, that gets it and knows what, gets, understands the point of that and, and how it can help your players uh, it, in, order to, in order to move forward with that. So we've, we've been super, super lucky to get that kind of support. And I think the players have really responded well. I mean, nutrition is a great example where uh, all of you guys have been around minor league baseball for many years. And guys, you know, they don't make a lot of money and they try to stop at Wendy's on the way in. Kind of so, like the media, uh, kind of like the local media. <laughs> very similar, very similar. <laughs> uh, but so, so, yeah, so now we, we provide them, a, you know, a lunch, you know, when they get to the park at noon, a pregame meal, a postgame meal, and try to make it tasty and nutritious and you know, we we've always thought it was weird that you have a strength and conditioning coach at every minor league level that's that's trying to do everything they can to make the player the healthiest and in the best shape they can be. But then we have you know we don't spend any time worrying about what they eat. That just doesn't make a lot of sense. So, uh, but you're right. There's there's a million little things like that that take a lot of time and a lot of effort that don't you don't necessarily uh, see on the field, but we we think goes a long way to hopefully building a consistent winning baseball team. Ned, if I remember correctly, you didn't break into the game in the traditional baseball operations role. There, there were some other things that you were involved in, and then you transitioned into baseball operations. And I think any of us that's ever been involved with baseball operations 
always in the back of their mind starts putting together uh, their dream team of people that they would want to work with if they ever got that opportunity to, to pull the trigger and make those decisions. When did someone like Ben Worthen, and, and one of the things that I've talked on this show whenever I've been here is how instrumental guys who are behind the scenes, Ned Rice, a Ben Worthen, a Mike Silverman, you know, the, the Trip Nortons, the conduits between the dugout and the front office become that, that, that help really drive what the organization's doing that nobody really knows about on a daily basis. When did someone like a Ben Worthen in your mind, make you realize, hey, listen, this is a guy that if I ever had the opportunity, I would certainly lobby for him to join the club. And for our, our listeners out there, Ben was instrumental with the Orioles' advance uh, scouting reports, uh, handled the the advance reports within the, the Orioles' clubhouse before every series. But he also did it replay, so he was doing double duty. And then I was lucky enough to bring him to to the World Baseball Classic and was instrumental, uh, he and Alex Jacobs, in, in, in putting us in a position to be successful. Tell us when, when Ben Worthen really got on your radar screen. Yeah, like you said, Ben was our advanced scout with the Orioles for six years or something, and, and we used to have some. We used to have a scout go out ahead of the team and, and do it in person, and uh, he was just interning with the Orioles, and at one point Buck came to us and said, this guy really knows what he's doing. Like, what if we had him – you know, travel with the team full time and and do all the advanced scouting for us. And you know, we we thought it was great, and uh, he's he's done an amazing job. Bucks Bucks a tough guy to work for in that sense, just because of how important preparation is, and and how and how he wants to have every single thing ready to go before every game. And uh, so you better you better be on top of better be on top of it if you're gonna be in that role. And Ben always was like that. But you're right when you when you the, when you're in the game for a while, you you meet so many people that. Uh, do such a great job and you know can contribute to a winning baseball team and the Orioles have a ton of them it's funny when you leave you're like well you know this person can come do this this person can do this you're not allowed to just hire <laughs> you're not allowed to take 10 12 people with you when you go to the when you go to a new team but we're lucky to have Ben and his role with us now he is uh working on being a liaison between our on-field players and staff and our research and development department to really uh, to make sure all of these analytical, uh, you know, things and, and recommendations make their way to, to the players and coaches in ways that they can understand and implement. Ned, uh, yeah, great job. One of the things I wanted to talk to you about is is managers, and and it's easy. It's oh, answer my phone. It's, it's our next guest is calling me. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is managers. And every team that is on their way to being really good has that period where they're really bad. Uh, and I go back to Buck Showalter with the Yankees. Stump Merrill was the guy that kind of took the bullets for a couple of years. Here in Baltimore, Dave Tremblay took the bullets for a couple of years. Pete McCannon took over a pretty bad club in Philadelphia. And I know it probably didn't end exactly the way Pete wanted it to. But talk a little bit about what he meant to the Phillies and what he still means to the Phillies. Yeah, Pete is an unbelievable person, and like you said, we we've had we had a couple of real lean years here in uh, sixteen seventeen, um, and he was always positive, and you know tried tried to keep the players positive, and we'd had stretches where you'd lose ten out of twelve, and it's easy to get down, and 
team, you, you always try to keep things moving in the right direction, was focused on player development. When you're rebuilding, you know, obviously you're out there to win every game, but the, you know, you're also trying to finish development of players at the big league level, which is which is a little different situation than you're in when you're competing for a playoff spot. So I think Pete and his staff, they're always great about that, understanding that we might lose the game, but if Aaron Nola pitched well, you know, Dubal Herrera had three hits and, and played the game right, then this might still have been a good day for the Phillies. So Pete, Pete did a great job, you know, and I think when he, when we made the change, it was really important to us to keep him and his baseball knowledge in the organization. Ned, you're in a very unique situation in that you were in Baltimore when the Ravens won the Super Bowl and you saw what this town became. You're now in Philadelphia and you saw what Philadelphia is like when Super Bowl when when you guys went when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. How much does that excite the Phillies organization into putting a successful club on the field going into the playoffs and and obviously everybody's goal in winning a World Series? How exciting is it for you to see what Philadelphia is when you put a winner on the field? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. When when you know, I've only lived here now in Philly two and a half years or so, but when I got here kinda all four teams were uh you know, on the lower end of their rebuild cycle, and you always hear about what an intense sports town it is. And and, and let and, me interrupt you. You're okay with three yeah. of those clubs having success, but you know, I know of one club you don't want to have success. Uh, I thought you might say that, <laughs> um, but the uh, but no, but and then when you see obviously the Sixers are are, are playing great now, and it's, the town's a buzz for those guys. And but the Super Bowl was unbelievable. I mean, you know, we took the day off and went to the parade that day. Uh, just to be out and around in the city and walking around, and there's just hundreds of thousands of people everywhere you go, and everyone's in a great mood, and they're just they're just so happy. And it's it's incredible what what a successful team can do to a town, the energy of the city, and uh, we saw that with the Ravens in the Super Bowl. And it, it, it's it's inspiring, and I think I think all of our guys, you know, our players, our coaches, everybody in front office, everybody watches that and, and thinks we want to be next, we want to be a part of that, and we really feel a lot of support. Uh, from the city here. And unrealistic for you not to dream that all that green is red and it's for you guys, right? I mean, that's that's yeah, what drives I mean, you. Yeah, they had, you know, again, I was in here, but they had the parade in 08, you know, so that was everybody's talking about comparing the 08 parade to the Eagles parade and just the energy and the excitement. It's, it's, this is incredible. And um, we, yeah, I think that that's the goal, certainly, to, to, to bring that bring that title up to Philadelphia on the baseball side. Ned, what's the next cutting edge um, philosophy uh, that you can talk about that the that the Phillies are working on that you're working on that that Brian Manitti is another guy that that obviously is, I can't really be honest with you I'm excited with the guys that you have in places to make decisions I've had the opportunity to work with Brian for many years uh, when he was with Pittsburgh and, and Washington um, obviously with you and Ben and Sam Fold and and and, and I guess you know let's let's concentrate on the Sam Fold and Ben Worthen responsibilities because you don't really see that yet, but we're certainly going to start seeing that with other major league organizations and how that came to be to have someone like a Sam Fold and then obviously Ben on the minor league level and how important that is to a club. Yeah, I think that, that you, you segued there well because I think that was that was going to be my answer to your initial question. I think the next frontier is the teams have been real good, you know, for done real nice stuff for a long time at, using information to make decisions on who they should acquire, you know, like that, you know, back to the money ball days and every team is a strong analytics department. Now, I think the next frontier, now that everybody's gotten pretty good at that is 
how you can use information to make your own players better. So less about who can we acquire, but more what can we do to, you know, take this pitcher and make him a little better, take this hitter and make him a little better. Um, so we, I think all these teams have real smart people working up in their research and development departments, uh, you know, for producing output. But if that output gets produced and it never makes its way to a player, or never makes its way to a staff member in a way that they can understand and use, you're kind of wasting your time. So uh, Sam and Ben were two guys that we targeted that, that are people that are really smart guys, understand the research and development language, understand analytics. You know, Sam's a Stanford guy, but at the same time, have a lot of on-field experience, experience in a clubhouse, know how players think, know how coaches think, know how to talk that language. So they can, the guys have instant credibility uh, on both sides, so they can make suggestions to players and coaches and explain it in ways that they understand. And they can do it the other way, too. They can talk to our R&D department and say, hey, I think this research is missing the mark a little bit because that's not how a player would think. So I, th- I think the... The, the more information we have, the more important it is that we know how to use it, know how to digest it, know how to implement it. And those we're, guys are doing a great job for us. We're talking with the assistant general manager of the Philadelphia Phillies, Ned Rice, formerly of the Baltimore Orioles. Ned, I was fascinated to hear that, that where, the, where you think the next frontier is. I'm wondering, is baseball, because every guy or gal that I hear is attached to analytics, they all went to Stanford or Amherst or some really – high-end place a, a lot of times. Is baseball ready to pay those people commensurate with the kind of money they would make in other fields? Because baseball is used to paying sort of a, a certain level of scout or front office kind of peanuts, you know, and I'm sure you've been on that side of it. Uh, are they ready to pay those analytics people what they're really worth, or are they already doing that? Yeah, I think some of each. So I, I think there's always, you know, I, people will always, uh, big baseball fans will always take a little bit less money to work here than in a kind of a boring nine sure. to five job. Sure, I, because, I because take, it, it's, yeah. which, which makes sense, right? Like, you know, how much you enjoy your job. Like, you know, I, I would work for less in baseball than I would work somewhere else. But at the same time, you're 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 absolutely right that these are people that uh, that ha- would have tremendous earning potential in other fields so we have you know i think it's important that you do compete with them and uh, i think the salaries have come a long way for people like you know on the on the front office side you know especially your r&d people and your your like a lot of our I'm, I'm just trying to think this through a lot of our analytics hires like you know when we're hiring them even as entry-level guys right out of college they're debating between us and a job offer for six figures somewhere else. So yep. we might not have to match the number they have somewhere else, but we have to come pretty close. So yep. I, I think it's come a long way. And I think ownership realizes that, you know, in the scheme of a gigantic uh, baseball operations budget, investing a little bit more in high quality people yep. might give you a really, really strong return on investment. And you'll be really happy with the good people you have. Ned, I wanted to talk a little bit about another hire that you guys did this offseason. Um, and I don't want to say it's out of the box because I've known Jose Flores for years. In fact, within the Atlantic League, we gave him his first managerial job. Um, and, and excited I didn't to know see. That. That's pretty cool. Oh, I've got some stories we can we All can talk about. All the stories about. circle around to where he helped everybody get into baseball. No, no, no <laughs> we, we just. We just, you know what, we, we had good guys that, yeah. that gave them chances. Yeah. That's all, and they took it to the next level. But, but Jose, I, you know, I know is with the Cubs organization as their, as their field coordinator for years, 
And I know I can only imagine how excited he is to be at the major league level. And certainly he brings the, the, the Latin American relationship uh, component to, to the coach, to the major league coaching staff. But talk a little bit about, you know, it just goes to show you that you didn't just move somebody up from within the organization. You went outside the organization. You had Gabe in, um, who obviously vetted him to, to say, hey, he's a guy that I want on the club. Talk a little bit about that process and what a guy like Jose Flores brings to the table who's never been at the major league level before. Yeah, the overall, you know, when, we, when you hire a new manager, like we did with Cap, uh, you're, you then have to fill out your entire coaching staff, which can, you know, nowadays can be somewhere between seven, eight, nine, ten people. So it's amazing how much time that took this offseason. For every, every coach you hire, you do four or five different interviews. We try to expose each guy to a lot of different facets of the organization. So obviously Cap spent a lot of time with him, but we spent a lot of time with him in the front office as well. They meet with our R&D guys. Um, and we try to do as wide-ranging a search as possible. I mean, we uh, one of our catching instructors, uh, Cap, did some research and found him on the Internet. Uh, basically found that this guy is a, you know, was a college baseball coach that taught receiving and was speaking at these catcher conferences, which we didn't even know existed before we started researching. So you you really got to work hard to identify the right people, bring them in, and Flo is a great example of a guy that that did a really nice job in the interview. People who worked with him in the past had had really nice things to say about him. And you're right, it's it's really fun. You know, we were down down on opening day in Atlanta uh, on Thursday, and we had so many first-time coaches that are in the big leagues for the first time. And you think you talk about rookies making their major league debut, but for someone like Flo, it's like you know, uh, it's unbelievable what an emotional and, and amazing experience it is to be out on the line for your first time in a major league opening day. And just couldn't be more happy for him and glad he's with us. I got one last question for you, and it's uh, it's horrible when you have a you want to talk about somebody but you don't remember their name. I think I just read a story in The Athletic, and this is a, a bit of an what today is an out-of-a-box hire, but it's a young lady that is now working in your front office, and she's from sort of the Delaware, New Jersey area, and she's sort yeah. of game day preparation. Could you talk a little about who she is and about women's increasing role in the game? Yeah, it's a great question. Dana Parks works with us. She was That's a it. star yep. softball player at St. Joe's. Yep. And uh, interned in the business side with the Phillies and then got a uh, baseball job with the Rays. Has worked a couple other places, too. But she is a she is a hardcore baseball person. She is a scout. She's an evaluator. She she can do a little bit of everything. And I think you're exactly right that we, you know, diversity of thought that you talk about everybody coming from the same schools and having the same background. And we think that, you know, that could be a problem. we want as many different perspectives and different ways of looking at the game as possible. In the last calendar year, I think we've hired four women full-time in baseball operations. One of our uh, one of our real good R&D analysts, Corinne Landry, came from uh, came from Fangraphs. She's done a great job. So, I think I think it's important everybody doesn't think the same way and and, and approaches the game with a, a little different angle. And, yeah. and Dana, Corinne, a lot of these people are just doing an unbelievable job for us. Well, the woman who called you today on the phone, by the way, and I've been in this business 35-plus years doing talk radio, first woman I've ever met that at her age, she's a student at Towson, wants to be a big league play-by-play announcer. And that's, that's, awesome. a, that's eye-opening, and it's really exciting to, to see women 
getting involved in the game. Ned, we really appreciate your spending some time with us. Know how busy your time is. Uh, we're real proud of you guys and what you're accomplishing up there in Philadelphia because we're fond of the job Andy was doing here for a long time. It didn't get the results on the field while he was here, but we know he had the Orioles' success over the last five or six years is largely responsible to the heavy lifting he and his staff did here in Baltimore. I appreciate you saying that. Andy Andy did a great job, and I think Dan was the perfect guy to come in right after him. Yep. There was a lot of really really exciting years in Baltimore that was that were fun to be a part of. But we'll be down in uh, we'll be down in Baltimore in May, so hopefully we'll see you guys out at out at the yard. All right, we we can promise that. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Take All care. All right.